0: Man, well, it's great to be here with you. Great to be worshiping with you here this morning. And uh, man, it is Memorial Day weekend. We're here to make much of our God throughout the year, and may we constantly be remembering and appreciating along the way all that he does for us uh, in so many ways and privileging us in so many ways. I have to say there's many here that have probably served in the military, and again, just want to say thank you to you. Appreciate all that you have done, all that you are doing, all that you will be doing. God bless you, and we love you guys. Amen. Yeah. Huge deal. And uh, man, we do not take the freedoms of this country lightly. And all of God's people said, man, that's where we're at, right? So hey, as we're diving into this series, In Living Color, we're talking about what it means and what it looks like to have a vibrant walk with Christ, a vibrant walk with our Savior. What does it mean to actually be blown away with who Jesus Christ is day by day? That in each and every facet of your life, you find fulfillment and completeness, not because it's exactly how you want it to be, this world is broken, we all get that, but because God is doing something in and through you that you never could have imagined, he is so awesome. And what does it look like to have a life with Christ that is in living color? Now, that's what we've been talking about. We launched this on Easter Sunday, and we started with the resurrection and the value that we have because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, life in Him, and we've been walking week by week through different facets, and today we're talking about a splash of purpose, a splash of purpose, just staying with that kind of the theme of a painter, a splash of purpose, And so, what does it look like for each of us to know where God is calling us to, to know what He's calling us through, and to go after it with massive purpose? That's what we're going to be looking at today. So, turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, starting in verse 8. The first point here is walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. We'll get a running start into verse 8, it's a full sentence that starts in verse 7, so here we go, it says, Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Let's just hold right there. It says, therefore, do not become partners with them. We talked a little bit about this last week, but man, we need to make sure that we are aligning correctly in this world with believers who are going after Jesus Christ with all they've got. You need to make sure that you're choosing friends wisely, that you're going after and growing in Christ along with others who are doing the same. That's such a value to our impact groups is that you're able to lock horns and connect with those who are going after life just like you. And you're running into things with each other and caring for each other along the way. And it says here, man, be careful who you're partnering with. Don't become partners with those who are going after uh, disobedience, sin. They're standing against God. We'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of this message. Just hang on for that moment of partnership talk. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Please notice it says, one time you were darkness. It does not say one time you were in darkness. Everybody say, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say in darkness. It says you were darkness. He's like, let's get a little bit real about where you stood, right? Before Jesus Christ, before you were saved, as you went after your own life and your own stuff, darkness, darkness. Like that's who you were and uh, past tense, everybody say were, right? And so if you came to Christ and trusted him, there was a time before that where literally biblically you were being called out as darkness itself. When we live for ourselves, when we live in sin, when we go after whatever we want and we couldn't care less about Christ, that's in darkness, but that's also being darkness. And he's like, be careful, make sure you know and understand exactly where you stood. You were darkness, but now you are light. You are light. Present tense, everybody say are. Present tense, are light. We literally have hope because of Jesus Christ. Not we are in the light, but we are light. Jesus Christ transforming you, Holy Spirit in you, shaping you. If you have trusted Christ as Savior, please hear me. As God does a changing work in you, one degree of glory at a time, you are a light getting ever brighter as you declare the greatness of Jesus Christ. You are light. You know, when we are born, uh, it says that surely since conception we were in sin, Right? From the beginning, we have sin as a part of us. And, and getting saved doesn't take away all sin. And so we're in a journey of less sin and transformation along the way. God doing some things once we're saved. And as we continue to walk that process, God reveals more and more of how you are now light. You get to shine in a dark world. You get to bring the hope of Jesus Christ. You get to send a message of, He changed me. I love Him and I stand with Him. You are a light in a dark world. May God get the glory. And all of God's people said, and it says, You are light in the Lord. So, just in case it was a little unclear where the light was coming from, right? In the Lord. Like you are saved. When you trust Jesus Christ, you believe that he has risen from the dead, you put him in charge of your life. You take over, That's saved. And from that point of Christ, you're in charge, you take over. I'm not trying to make my life be what it is. I'm handing it to you. You've died for me. You've risen for me. I have hope in you. Man, that is light in the Lord. It's because of Jesus Christ that you are light. And so you were darkness, you are light, light in the Lord, and it gives us a hope that we have in Jesus Christ. He says, so walk as children of light. See, if you quote that phrase, walk as children of light, without using the front two verses right before it, you lose the context. Walk as children of light. He's like, make sure you understand that the light you are is because of the light given to you by the one who is the light. And as Jesus Christ pours it into you and so now you're becoming the light, hey, here's a plan. Live that. Celebrate that. Walk in that. Walk as children of light. Literally, you being able to reflect all that Jesus means to you. John chapter 8, verse 12 says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus saying that. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You become light as Jesus Christ works in you, right? And as we follow him, huge things are done in our soul. He's like, so walk as children of light. That means literally take on the attitudes, the actions. You're even pointing to the one who is light, Man, if you do that, I'm just telling you, your life will display the the fruits of the Spirit. The walking as children of light, well, you're literally going to see the fruits of the Spirit spilling out of you all over the place. And what are the fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5 lists them, Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and Self-control, so many of these, if you remember last week when we looked at what it means to walk in love, right? The same word seen there is the definition of love. Walking in light is walking in love. To be able to have a love, a joy, a peace, a patience, remember that word long-suffering, taking a hit because you care about somebody else, kindness, willing to come alongside their need, a goodness where you're benevolent and you're caring for somebody else faithfulness you are rock solid you will not be moved gentleness and self-control as you care about others and you watch your tone and your temper and your investment into lives may god get all the glory walk as children of light Man, may the fruit of the spirit be pouring out of you let the spirit lead you and uh In fact, he goes on to even talk about fruit here. He says, Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. The fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and It would be a little bit of a stretch to say the fruit of the light here is exactly equal to the fruit of the Spirit. That's probably not exactly what's meant. In fact, he gives us a little summary with those three words, good and right and true. All of it can be found in those, but he's giving a broader statement here. The fruit of the light and all that is good and right and true. And I was looking for some definitions for these words this week, and this is probably the best ones I landed on. So good, well, that's God's care. Goodness always involves how you interact with somebody else. So whatever is good is about God and his care for those around him. God's care is his goodness. And right, well, that's God's law. That's what God sees as right and wrong. It's God's law, God's righteousness in that. And then whatever is true, this is the whole of God's reality. True. Man, I'm just telling you, God is sovereign over all. And being sovereign over all, he impacts every facet of this world. And so whatever is good, as he cares about those around him, whatever is right, as he follows, abides by, and establishes law to be followed along the way, and whatever is true, the absolute essence of God in charge, everything that has to do with his godness, whatever is true, And uh, huge. It says, make sure that you're going after those things and that those things are found in you in an ever-increasing fashion. And it says, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Literally in the original language there, discerning in the ING form. Discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. Your job is to say, Lord, what pleases you? You. And man, I'm telling you, it gets really hard to figure out what pleases the Lord if you don't know the Lord. Ready? And all of God's people said, <laughs> don't miss that. It's a huge deal. If we don't know who our God is, if we don't know what he values, if we don't know what he likes and dislikes, hard to know what pleases him. And so as we walk through the scripture, as you go through time in the word on a daily basis, literally saying, Lord, may I meet you all the more. Lord, may I know you all the more the more. Cannot wait to be blown away by you, God. Show me and reveal to me all that you are. And in the midst of that, you're beginning to discern a little more of what pleases the Lord. And may each and every breath we breathe be a breath we intentionally target at pleasing our God. Man, it's so easy to make each and every breath you breathe be about pleasing yourself. May it be so not that. Lord, may I be here to please you. What does this look like as I take my next step, as I take my next word, as I take my next job and job description? Lord, may I please you with all that I am and all that I do. That is what we're to be going after, to see what pleases the Lord, to walk with him in the light He's like, man, make sure you know this. You are children of light. So celebrate it and live it. To the max, enjoy it. And may God be pleased along the way. That's what he's calling us to. You know, this past week, John and I ended up uh, taking a few days off. We ended up uh, jumping on an airplane. We went down to Florida, uh, to a little bit north of Orlando, to visit her parents, her mom, down there. And we spent some time down there, um, just enjoying uh, some time with them and catching up. It's been a number of years since we've been down to north of Orlando in that area. And, um, you know, they live in the villages down there. And so we were down there uh, in one of her villas that her mom has and rents out. And so it was a sweet opportunity for us to just get away. The light, the sunlight was just awesome. It was like 93 to 95 degrees every day. It was beaming down. It was just gorgeous. Every once in a while, some clouds, so we just went inside and we holed up, we closed all the curtains, we turned on the TV and we just watched TV by ourselves in the dark. Like, of course not! That would be foolish, right? No way! We were down there, we got by the pool, we got, I watched my wife tan right in front of my eyes. This woman catches a tan like you would not believe. Of course, I put on 30 blocks so that I don't get pink as I'll get out, but uh, she ends up walking away at the end of it. She shifted ethnicities a little bit, Uh, just amazing how she danced fast, but we had a blast out by the pool, just enjoying time in the sun, enjoying time out on the veranda getting great food and laughing together and talking together and the breeze blowing and just looking at these gorgeous golf courses and all this stuff, it was just a really nice quick getaway to Florida Wednesday to Saturday as we enjoyed being in the sun. And I'm telling you, this is exactly what Paul is calling us to spiritually. Make sure you look at life as a journey, as an adventure, as a trip with the privilege of the light of God Almighty pouring into you. And as that light is pouring into you, bask in it, man. Love it. Celebrate it. Live it. May God get all the glory. Don't miss out. Man, may we walk As children of light, how are you doing at basking in the light of Jesus Christ? How are you doing in making sure that you are going after what pleases the Lord? How are you doing at walking as children of light? May God get all the glory, right? If we're going to have purpose, it anchors there, Let's go after what glorifies our God. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Second, take no part in selfish sin. Take no part in selfish sin. And uh, he starts out here, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. But instead, expose them. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Man, don't invest your life into selfishness and sinfulness, the feel-goods of the moment that always end up going awry. Be careful when we start listening to the pangs of the body more than the pangs of the Holy Spirit. When we start listening to what feels physically good more than what we know will have eternal good, We're setting ourselves up for a disastrous next step. It's like, man, make sure you avoid sin. Walk in the light requires avoiding the darkness, right? And he's like, make sure that you grasp what has eternal value. Make sure you're going after it with all you've got. I'm just telling you this, selfishness, that's life in the shadows, Selfishness is life in the shadow. Self-sacrifice, Christ honoring self-sacrifice, and that's life in the light. Self-sacrifice and going after, caring for others and glorifying your God and whatever pleases him. When you wake up is the first thought, what do I want and what way am I gonna get? How is this gonna please me? Am I gonna, or is your first thought, Lord, what do you have for me today and what do you want done? Like literally being able to put yourself in his hands and say, you're in charge. May you get the glory. Avoid sin. Simple question, man. What are the sins of the world that are washing up on your shore? What are the sins of the world that get so easy for you to be a part of that you'd actually rather just get the feel good moment? Maybe it's Something you're taking in, food or drink. Maybe it's something you're letting out in words or anger or expression. Maybe it's something you're investing your body into, your hands and feet. And maybe it's the way you let your mind run off. What needs to change so that you might avoid that which is of the darkness and separate from, have nothing to do with, avoid the sin. It says here, instead, expose them. Expose those deeds of darkness. Okay, let's just say it right up front. That is not a very American thing to do. We all get that, right? Like if you walk around in the U.S. and your goal is to point out sin, to expose sin, you're going to find that that's a very unfavorable next step you go through, right? To be saying that something isn't to be gone into because it's sin. To even suggest a list from the front of things somebody might need to look into in their own life. That I need to look into in mine. And I'm just telling you, America stands against it. And please hear me. According to Ephesians chapter 5, America is wrong. And all of God's people said. That needed to be a really resounding amen. And all of God's people said. Man, we do not respond to culture. We respond to our king. We go after what our God calls us to and we make much of it. And so what does it mean to expose these things? What does it mean to expose the deeds of darkness? So I just wrote a few things down about how to reveal deeds and for what they are. Here we go. Three ways to expose deeds of darkness. It's important to write these down. Three ways to expose the deeds of darkness. Number one is by your own deeds. What you do will point out very clearly what you stand for, and it makes a very clear distinction between where you are and what's going on. What you do sends a message. Your deeds can be enough to expose. And when I wrote this down yesterday, I was kind of finishing some things up yesterday before the sermon today, and then I went out and mowed the lawn and as I was going to go out, I was like, I don't really want to. It's been late. It's been a long week. We just got back from a vacation and it's time to, but I'm not sure what's going to happen with rain and when we'll be able to get at it. It doesn't look bad, but I'll go out and mow. So I go out, I get on my mower and I start to mow the front yard. And I'm just telling you, our, our neighbor next door cares for his lawn immaculately. Scott, if you're listening, we love you, right? <laughs> He He cares for his lawn like you wouldn't believe. He's been out of town for the last couple of days. Good for us. Because our lawn just looks great. It looks normal. I start to go out and mow our yard. And I start cutting right a nice straight line on our edge and right up against it. And we get our yard kind of cut. The front looks great. And I stop real quick and I take a look. And I'm just telling you, this yard didn't look that good anymore. Scott's yard needed a little bit of help now all of a sudden. And normally he's like mowing every two to three days, right? All of a sudden his yard that looks so immaculate isn't as tightly kept It doesn't have the tight line. It doesn't have the clean cuts on it. And ours is looking spiffy, man. This is the first time I've ever been able to say it, so I'm saying it on mic. (laughs) Ours is looking better than Scott's. That's where we're at. And, And the reality is our lawn actually just by being mowed started pointing out what needs to be mowed. That's how the deeds that you can be a part of actually can simply reveal out what needs to be changed around it. And uh, you should see the stuff behind us. We have a berm that goes down to the creek. And uh, they they mow that like once every four to six weeks. And so that gets long. I mean, we're talking chest high sometimes. and, And so I mow past that and I've got our tight, clean cut grass next to that. Wow, does it stand out, right? I'm just telling you, you walking in the light can often be enough to expose what lawns need to be mowed. That's what we're talking about. It's a huge deal. Making sure that we understand our deeds can be enough to expose at times. Uh, But here's another word, our distance. And what you participate in, who you hang with, where you connect your name up, what you're gonna be a part of. That says a lot about what's going on. And if you wanna reveal out what is darkness or what needs to be kept away from, your distance helps show that. A little bit of distance makes it really clear, Nah, I'm not going to be over there. And I'm just telling you, you don't have to be rough with words or anything. Just by living the way you live. I was in engineering for 17 years. I had a lot of friends over the years who would always, they loved to go out drinking afterwards. And, you know, it was always something like, dude, you want to come with? I mean, you know, to the dinner part. I know you don't want to be there for the other part. But if you want to come with for that part, we'd love to have you. And so I was always going out for a dinner, i chit-chat with them, there's a point where I'm like, guys, careful, and then i bail out. And it made it really clear what part I was going to be cool with and what part I was not, and I wasn't going to be judging it. I'm with you, I'm friends with you, these are guys who didn't know Jesus Christ, and we spent a little time together, but I'm not going to be a part of that. And just a little bit of distancing, and that's where it was. Man, I'm just telling you, keeping your lawn mowed tight can make it obvious Keeping a little distance can make it obvious what needs to be worked on and looked at. And specifically for believers and what they need to go after, you not condoning and confirming but saying, "Ah, I'm just not comfortable with that. And putting a little bit of distance says a ton and exposes a ton. Your deeds, your distance, and then the last one, your dialogue. This is the one that we think of first when we talk about exposing, but it's probably the one that needs to come last. In fact, I'll even say it this way. If you're not a part of the problem and you're not a part of the solution, you probably shouldn't even be using dialogue to try to expose the sin. If you're not a part of the problem and you're not a part of the solution, you probably shouldn't even be using dialogue to address the sin and expose the sin. That's a really big deal. Like if, if you're just seeing it going on out there, it's not your job to run over and jump. Right? You, by your actions and by your distance, are making comment, but when you're invested into and it's a part of and you're part of the problem or part of the solution, then you may need to weigh in gently and carefully and respectfully, but standing your ground on what needs to change. Just being able to confront a sin and say, I love you, and you're hurting yourself, and I'd love to see that adjusted in you, and I'd love to be there with you and for you. And making sure your dialogue is not gossip. It's not attack. It's loving, gentle care as you call somebody through on a change. If you're part of the problem or part of the solution, walking through that. That's what it looks like. To expose its deeds, its distance, and sometimes its dialogue. Be wise about what that looks like in your life as God calls you to expose. In fact, he says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And now he goes a little bit further. He said, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. If you notice, expose them. And now he's saying it's shameful to talk about them. Well, what's going on with that? This is why I was saying the dialogue is only sometimes that's if you're part of the problem or part of the solution. Here he's like, man, don't just be putting language down where you're talking about other people's sin and don't, don't be celebrating it, right? Don't be gossiping about it. Don't be slandering into it. The only time you're talking is when you're addressing them and calling them to a change. Otherwise, don't be talking about the sinful deeds of another and trying to, did you hear so-and-so and what they, Right? not that. Everybody say, not that. Super important. We grasp that there literally is the word shameful is written on this. It is shameful to speak of the things that are done in the dark. Shameful means indecent, dishonorable. This is literally an external shame brought down on you. This is you putting yourself in a bad spot as you've let your lips run. Not be caught openly, publicly talking in a gossip or celebrating or partnering way. And don't be a part of that, right? It's like, don't even speak of the things that they do in secret. Don't even speak of the things that they do in secret. Hang on to that phrase. We'll get there in just a second. It says, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. When anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, right? That moment when you're in the house. We, by the way, we love this verse. We live this verse. We need this verse, right? Have you ever had that moment where you're in your house in the middle of the night and all of a sudden you hear your smoke detector alarm start beeping? Did you get that loud beep? And your first thought, oh no. Like what am I gonna have to do To change this battery in the middle of the night, we have vaulted ceilings, so for us, you wouldn't believe what we have to do. Like the gyrations we have to go through, we have yet to find a ladder that can reach up to the middle top vaulted, so we're like, literally having to take a table, I know, now I'm gonna get emails, just this is what we do. We take a table, we have to stack something on top of it, usually a ladder, and climb up. One person's holding it, and has the phone ready to dial 911, right, as we climb, you know, right? It's like three in the morning always. Why do batteries not go out at two in the afternoon? Have you ever noticed that? It's always in the middle of the night these batteries go out and they're beeping. Have you ever gotten up in the middle of the dark and said, well, I'm just going to try to risk it. I'm going to walk in the dark and we'll see what I walk into. Never. And in the middle of the beeping, the first thing you do is you're like flicking on lights and you're walking around and we count on this verse that what the light shines on becomes visible. And we start navigating our way through to whatever problem we're trying to deal with. Know this is true spiritually as well. Man, as your God beams down his glory and greatness into this world, he reveals out how it is and things become visible. We can actually define them as good or right or true or deeds of darkness that we need to get away from. He's like, for anything that is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. He's like, let me just make this really clear. Once it has become visible in the spiritual world when Christ is doing something and pouring onto something and showing something, all of a sudden now you have God revealing into that. It's literally becoming light itself. It's a clarifying message from your God. It's making clear where he wants you to go. This is a huge statement that God works in you and around you to reveal and make visible to you that you might walk as children of light. Man, you are not alone. Your God loves you with all he's got. Trust him and all the works of him as he is making things visible along the way. It says, for anything that becomes visible is light. Then it says, therefore. And when we see the therefore, we say, right? Like, if God is literally working in our lives to make things light, to make things visible, to make things clear, so that we may live in a pleasing way towards Him, man, know this. God's got a purpose, so then what should we do? Well, His statement here this is either a quote of a combination of Old Testament passages, nobody's exactly sure. It's either a quote of a couple Old Testament passages put together. Or maybe it's just kind of a quote or a statement that was kind of used at that time. But it goes like this. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead. Like, wake up, man. The light is up. The sunlight is on. The shades are open. Christ is beaming in. Time to see it for what it is. Wake up. And man, if you haven't trusted Christ, to see him as he is for the first time, coming to believing faith. And if you have, then to see sin for what it is and desire to let go of that which so easily entangles. May God get the glory. Awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead. By the way, a work that only our God can do. Arise from the dead as he does a work in us to bring us from death unto life to give us eternity with him. And Christ will shine on you. And that's hope. Christ will shine on you. Paul is using so many metaphors in this passage that we have to be really careful. We don't kind of walk away going, I don't know, I'm not not sure what to do with it. Here's what we do with it. Lord, I long to know you. Lord, I long to worship you. Lord, I long to hear from you and show me who you are, your light and your brightness. And I am ready To take my stand with you. May you get all the glory. I am giving you my whole heart. Completely abandoned, God. You're in charge. I'm done going my own way. I'm done with the feel-good. I'm done with even making it look like I partner with that which is going the wrong direction. I am in with you. May you get all the glory. That is a power call to purpose. Man, may the Lord literally shine down on you. Purpose statement. I just want to say, we're going to take the next handful of minutes and we're going to give a pretty clear purpose statement for this church, okay? Pretty clear purpose statement for this church. And so it's going to have a little bit of history in it and it's going to have a lot of bit of future in it. And... Uh, What do we do with this whole passage and how do we process it in light of where we are? So I just want to say this first. This is a planting church in all we do. We were born out of being planted in 2006. We have planted other churches. We planted Harvest Denver. We planted South St. Louis. We planted six churches in Haiti and had a blast doing those different plants and watching God do an amazing work. We are a planting church in all we do and excited about that. And again, we started in 2006. We were part of this Harvest Bible Chapel movement going on with the plant. And um, I'm just telling you, the methods and the models, God is so blessed as we go after a contemporary worship service, no compromise to the truth of God's word. And uh, it's a very unique combination that we're going to celebrate with contemporary worship, but we will open God's word and go word by word, phrase by phrase, may God get the glory. Right? It's a huge deal. And... uh, the methods and the model have been so Christ-glorifying. And man, that is who we are and that is who we will always be. May God get the glory in that. And um, I'm just going to say this. Uh, unfortunately, um, a man, a name that has been kind of the head of part of this uh, movement in past years, James McDonald, has gotten involved into a number of different problems. Um, uh, most recently, these last several months have brought a lot of struggle. And a couple of quotes in newspapers, like one was very specifically, it could only be described as sin, what I'm involved in. And it ended up costing him being fired as the senior pastor of one of the Harvest, Harvest Elgin Meadows up there and and up north. And um, it cost the end of Walk in the Word radio ministry and the end of Walk in the Word TV ministry. That's all done. Those things all came to a close here in this last quarter. And, um, you know, there's even been a few other things that have happened in the last couple of weeks that have gone on that have gotten darker and heavier along the way and I just wrote this down Uh, several years ago we completely separated from harvest up north we've made that super clear several years ago we completely separated from what was going on up north And uh, we separated from them monetarily, we separated from them ministerially, we separated from them in any kind of partnerships at all in any way. We weren't planting churches together or partnering financially in any way like that to go forward with a church plant. We were separating from because of a lot of what was going on and just keeping a healthy distance. Uh, We are an independent church and always have been, right? We are, everybody say independent super important we grasp, our own elder board, our own pastoral staff, our own financial ministries and responsibilities. This church stands independently and we have always been that and at times we have chosen to partner in. And uh, this partnership came to a close several years ago with James McDonald. And uh, bottom line is that left really one connection uh, with James McDonald, and that is the name Harvest Bible Chapel. Uh, we carry that name, as did that church up there. It left uh, a single connection back to, and these past several months have brought significant more struggle. And uh, there's been more announcements of things going on. If you're like, I don't know anything about James McDonald and what's going on, praise God, I'm good for that. Like, you don't need to know, and that's fine. And if you do know, then we need to talk more, maybe, that's fine if you've got a question. I'm just saying this, there's a lot that's out there on the internet, there's a lot that's available and accessible, we're not going to be going into it here in detail, and I'm just going to say this, we as elders have been discussing for quite some time about the inevitability of the next step. It's time for us to change the name, okay? It's a super huge deal. It's time for us to make it super crystal clear where we're standing. It's time for us to take this passage of Scripture and deploy it exactly as it says. And so I'm just going to read this off here. I wrote it down yesterday, man. If you are unaware of anything going on with James McDonald, I'm just going to say it this way. I will not speak of the things that James has done in secret. Have you heard that passage? We just walked through it. We're not going to try to enumerate the details. If you're not a part of the problem and you're not a part of the solution, you do not use dialogue to try to go after that fix, okay? And so that's not where we're at. But we will be exposing. We will be exposing by our deeds. This will be a church that will not waver, this will be a church that stands strong for Jesus Christ and glorifies him with all we've got. Amen, man. man. This is a church that in humility will be down on our knees crying out, God, we need to be done with sin whenever, wherever. Lord, we are ready to see change in me if it needs to be. Then right now, do not toy around. Sin is to be avoided. And all of God's people said, super crystal clear from God's word. We will go after Jesus Christ with all we've got. We will be a church that worships him and praises him and makes much of Christ because of all that he is to us. He is our light. Newsflash, nothing's changing. It's exactly who we've always been and it's exactly who we will continue to be. So our deeds we'll be doing some exposing. We're going to keep the lawn mode tight. I'll understand that metaphor. (laughs) Okay. And then one more thing is we're going to be doing some distancing. We talked about the three D words. Dialogue, we're not going to go into. We are not part of the problem or the solution. But we will be doing some distancing and that is with the name change. And we will be doing some deed work as we continue to keep our lawn mode tight and we go hard after our Savior, may Christ get all the glory, okay? That's where we're headed. Super excited about what God's got for us. This has been a long time coming. We as elders have been processing this over a number of months. We were pretty certain that this year would probably be a time we would make this change. And uh, I'm just sad for the fact that it has to wash on his shore in so many ways. Please be praying for James McDonald. But honestly, there have been so many questions and so many thoughts coming in as they've heard and read things. It's just time for us to make that final step of separation. I'll say it one more time. We are an independent church. We have always been independent. We are super excited to be glorifying Christ and going after it with all we've got. We have always been doing that. We absolutely have our own elder board, our own pastoral staff, our own financials, and we have been choosing to partner where God has been at work and we have a chance to partner in with a church plant. And at this point, we will not be partnering with anything going on with that church name. And we are separating from that name. Does that make sense? Okay. That's where we're at. Um, You might say, well, I know we planted some churches in Haiti, and they're named Harvest Bible Chapel. We're not asking Haiti to follow anything that we're doing. People in Haiti don't have radios and TVs, (laughs) right? Right? bluntly it's very complex and it's a very different problem and we're making a statement by our distancing they have the distance of an ocean and it helps it is helping them and so we're going to let them do whatever they need to do whenever and how they need to do that but for us and for this church independently we're going to be making a name change and I will say this we do have a name at this time probably chosen and we're not going to be announcing it here Okay, just hang on. We've got a few things that we need to walk through. We want to walk through some state and some federal paperwork and make sure that we get those details made sense and that this is all viable and reasonable. We want to make sure that we are actually getting a logo and some graphics put together so we know exactly where we're headed. And then we're going to be rolling out with intention and purpose. Quite frankly, that's where we were headed. And then some things came up in these last two weeks in the papers that made it where I need to say what I'm saying right now. Okay, so that's where we are. I hope you hear our tenderness in it. I hope you hear our humbleness in it. Here's the reality. Um, We all struggle with sin. And all of God's people said, man, please hear me. Do not let sin get the better of you. It is time for us to set down and get away from. May God get all the glory. As we continue to allow sin to ravage our lives, it will take a toll. We must, by our deeds, separate from sin. We must distance from those who won't. And we praise God along the way and call all to follow him. And all of God's people said, all right. So one last statement. This will be a church that has the same vision it has always had. This will be a church that has the same passion it has always had. This will be a church that has the same worship it has always had. This will be a church that has the same God over it that we have always had. Jesus Christ will be glorified. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. And this will be a church with a new name by the fall. And all of God's people said, That's where we're headed, okay? Please be praying for us. Please be praying for wisdom along the way that we might dot all the I's and cross all the T's properly. If you have any questions along the way, we are more than happy to be answering those. We love you guys. We care for you guys. So we're getting up, we're getting out in front, and we're bringing you in so we can go on the journey together. Okay? Together. With all I've got. I am so hanging with you in this, and I care about where you are at. May God get all the glory. Right? I'm trying to catch as many eyes as I can here. You matter, you matter, you matter. Let me just say this. We built this sermon series nine months ago. This passage, this day, this title was We're going after a purpose. God knows exactly what's going on. And our job is to simply say, Lord, we hold hands with you. We hold loosely and we watch you lead. We pray and we move in ways where we don't even know what we're doing and what we're setting up. Honestly, when I made the title, I was like, it's kind of weird I'm even putting that title down. It's a little like, what am I going after here? And as it started coming closer and closer, it just became so clear what God was doing with this moment in this day. God knows exactly what he's doing. And we are following the one who knows it all. And all of God's people said, and we will walk his word and we will stay true to his word when we make, make much of his name. May Christ get all the glory. Everything in me given to him. Our hearts in full Abandon. May God get all the glory. May we walk in the light. Now that's a purpose statement. And all of God's people said, let's pray.